Hi, and welcome to Season 2 of Big Sound Small Town, the podcast that spotlights the talented and diverse musicians in small towns and communities. This season, we're branching out to include the community of people who make it possible for musicians to be able to perform their music. The producers, the recording engineers, the venue owners, and many others. And as always, the small town musicians. Remember, small town doesn't mean small talent. Hear their stories. Scruggs Center, and I'm with my guest. You're good at introducing yourself. Just go ahead and do it. I'm going to let you guys talk today. Hi, I'm Walter Finley. Hi, I'm April Dawn. So together we're Walter and April Dawn. See, usually I do that myself, but they've been really good at everything they've done today, so uh, we're letting them take the whole show today. Oh, oh come on. Because they're really entertaining group of people, uh, a pair of people, but I, I need the start of this whole journey with both of you guys. I mean, how did you get to where you are today? I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else worked did, did you Did you know early in your life that uh, music was going to be what you were going to do? Wow. Uh, I, you know, I, I have been immersed in music my entire life, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was music kind of in the family, you know, my father's yeah. side, my mother's side. and But I know they, they they tried all kinds of different instruments on me. I can remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do know that. I do remember my dad sitting me down. He came from a classical side of the family. His parents were like opera stars in Philadelphia, Philadelphia when he grew up. And, and I can remember him sitting me in these these sitting chairs with a lamp where he would read his books. And I remember him as a small boy calling me in and saying, son, sit right here. And I goes, I want you to listen to something. And he would be playing, he was playing me classical music and he was loving it. He was, you know, he's just soaking. He goes, do you hear that? Do you hear that? And he goes, and the outcome was I was playing, I ended up playing violin. Oh yeah. So he sent me to school and I was, used to be a little embarrassed because in the neighborhood I grew up with, I didn't want to be seen with a violin walking home from school. So, same way. That's my story, too. I, I learned it. However, I came from a family of Irish fiddlers. Mm. Irish fiddlers are everything Irish that you can think of. Uh, they drank, they fought, and they fiddled. And uh, they were scary to me, so I learned the songs. <laughs> Whether I wanted to or not, you know, it's one of those things. That, yeah. You know, so... I, one thing I, I do have some nice memories of. Uh, from there, I went on to. Uh, I think I played. I played cello for a while, and I loved that. And then went back to the violin and, and viola. But by seventh grade, junior high school, I just I was in the orchestra. But I just I remember breaking a string on the violin, and by then I was already playing the guitar. Right. And I would just show up every day with the violin with three strings on it. <laughs> And the conductor's like, you know, you got to put a string on this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll yeah, do it. I just wouldn't do it. She goes, if you're not going to put the string on, just you don't need to be here. <laughs> and that's that was the end of the violin. And and now that I love fiddle so much, I wish I would have stayed with it. But I didn't know fiddle back then. Oh, yeah. They didn't have it where I was. I didn't really listen to it or know about it. Right. But, you know, by seventh grade, I was playing the guitar. And I was playing, you know, Southern rock. 
and I'd be in the back of fields, there'd be a fire, and I'd be playing a guitar, and all my right. friends would be singing along. And I, I literally have this memory of walking down the street one day going, if I put so much, the same amount of time in to writing my own songs as I do to learning everybody else's songs, I thought I would have some really good songs. Yeah. And so I would just make up my own songs for years and years. And, and I guess I had a, a fantasy in my, in my mind. A, I just loved it. I loved guitar. I remember loving Leonard Skinner like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. I was devastated when the plane went down. I, I can remember that like it was yesterday. And then um, in high school, that's, that's what I did. I just, but I wasn't, I didn't take this educated um, approach to guitar or music. I just played what I felt and yeah. wanted. And I didn't know anything about music when it came to guitar. I actually wrote my own charts and made up my own chords. Huh. And I wish I could find them, but I, I don't know why. I just, I had a chord, I think E was O. Uh -huh. And I would chart out the O chord, the U chord. And this is how I, I that's how I was. The and then in my senior year, I switched high schools and I went to a North Part High. And they had this great music department. You'd walk in the room and there were just guitars hanging everywhere. And some great guitar players came out of that school, you know. And, and I got to know them. And it was, it was a lot of fun. But after high school, you know, I went to work, you know. I was, um, I got Sure, that's what jobs. you have to do. I mean, working in the mall. I was pumping gas overnight. I was uh, working in restaurants and um, just dreaming about music. That's oh. I just talked about it and dreamed about it. Then I became a carpenter a few years later after that, and I loved that building and working with my hands. But there's one moment came, I'll never forget this. And I worked. I learned how to be a good carpenter. I was working with some really good guys, some German guys, father son team. I could see it. Clearly, I was in the front of a house. We were framing out windows that we just put in. And we redid the whole facade. We did the brickwork, everything. And a song came on the radio. And I'm listening to it. And the music music just talks to me. And the language, I don't know, it just moves me. Mm -hmm. And I could tell you what song it was. It was a Fleetwood Mac song. Um, what, what song? Um, uh, let me see. Because we're in an interview, I can't think straight now. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, something again. Um, take my love, take it down. Snow-covered Lance, landslide. Yeah, so it's called landslide. So <laughs> I'm listening to this song and I'm working, and I and it was just so sunny out, and I had to be, I don't know how far from home I was. I would say seven miles from my house, and I just remember I had enough. I took my tool belt off, and I left it there, and I walked away. I walked home, picked up the phone, and called a music school and said, I want to go to school for music. Huh. And that was, I was 24 years old when I did that. Wow. That's pretty cool. And I went to college at 25, and the kids would be like, hey, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And I went to music school, really not knowing what I was doing. And right. But you knew chords weren't O anymore, right? Right, and the funny thing is, I was playing songs, writing songs with E major sevens and, and, and line cliches. I never knew what I was doing. And when you go to school and you start learning, it's you like... Do. So I, always, I, 
Somehow I was infused with this jazz kind of chords. You know, I would just look for, I would just build chords, look for the tones and match the tones. And yeah, so college was uh, quite a journey. It was more like a rock and roll high school for me. That's cool. Yeah. And um, the one thing I learned, I, I, I reflect on things is when, People used to say, hey, wow, you're really good, you know, and I never knew how to react to that. I was like, oh, yeah, all right, thanks. I had to learn how to smile, right. say thank you, yeah. you know, be gracious, and um, and it helped with writing, learned how it, to... It's funny that you say that because, uh, yeah, at first I thought, I thought from watching your stuff, I was thinking, man, he just plays, but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you're way more entertaining than what I thought as a person that you would be. And I see what you were saying that you, you know, I think you were all about your music. And then finally, at some point, you could think, oh, I got to be a person too, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, After I'm, all I'm, these years, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I'm learning. It's like, I guess we'd rather watch somebody smiling than somebody with a puss on their but, face. But, I mean, I, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and that's one of those things. It, it just kicked in to me and dawned on me right now is that, yeah. What he's saying is true, you know. Uh, uh, so focused on music, you probably missed that part, didn't you? Yeah, I never thought about that at all. I just wanted to get things. I heard something right. in my mind, and I wanted to. That's actually really it. cool, though. Yeah, and I and I wish I was um, more of a student and educated because I can just rationalize things much easier if I use more of my logic brain than my right. artist brain. <laughs> yeah. But it works. I mean, but I think my music. Now, during those days of being a carpenter and a salesperson and this and that, you know, there was things going on in my life, which, you know, I don't really feel like reliving, but sure. they were hard on me. And I had a really hard time in life emotionally. And I spent a lot of time alone. You know, when I was younger, I spent a lot of time alone because I was sick a lot and I couldn't go out and play with all the other kids. And I stayed home and, and listened to music and played my guitar. Yeah. And then um, something happened where I had to move and go to another school and I didn't know anybody. And I would spend seven hours a day in a basement just playing my guitar. And that's what I did. But what would happen was, uh, and it took me a long time to realize, I didn't realize what I was doing. But when I was writing, I was taking what was inside of me and bringing it out. And I was able to see what was going on in my songs. And that's basically what songwriting is to me. It it's is. it's, re, it's re, very revealing. And... and even I might write something that seems so generic and so like, oh, it's such a happy song. But there's in there is uh, a home run of what's going on inside my heart, sure. inside my mind. You write my mind. what you know. Yeah. Well, if you write long, you write what you know. Right. And a lot of times I would write love songs and people are like, who did you write that for? I'm like, right. it was for nobody. It's, and I think it was what I wanted in my life. I think it is. I understand that too. I've done those. Um, you're the first person that's really... Uh, vocalize that you know yeah who is it for what's you know you don't know because but you're right it's probably what you were wanting or what you were looking for so hindsight's 50 50 it is you know but you don't realize that at the time so i i found out because i went to therapy yeah well that helps too yes i went to a therapist (laughs) and i met him and he goes look man just look at me like a big brother with all the right (laughs) answers next week bring your guitar I'm like, bring my guitar. I need help with my head. So I bring the guitar and he goes, can I see the guitar? Can I, can I play a little? Can I see your guitar? And this is how the session's going, right? And he, I take it out. He, oh, what a nice guitar. He goes, can you play me a song that you wrote? I said, sure. So I played him a song I wrote. He goes, that was amazing. I, I Thank you. 
can you play me another one? I was like, yeah, okay. And meanwhile, the clock's ticking, yeah. and I'm paying, and I'm like, uh, I, I'm entertaining this guy, and I'm paying him Why? to entertain him. This yeah. is what's going on in my Run. mind. And uh, <laughs> and I play a second song. He goes, oh, my God, that was fantastic. He goes, can you just play me one more? And now I'm like, what, what, what am I going to get out of this? So I play him the third song, and I play the song, and he does the same thing again. And he goes, that was amazing. He goes, do me a favor. Can you put the guitar away? I'm like, yeah, okay. And I put it away. And he leans off off his chair towards me and he goes, that guitar saved your freaking life. And that's what he said to me. I go, what do you mean? He goes, because you were able to take what was inside and bring it out so you could see what's going on in your life. He goes, you know how many people can't do that? And that was worth the whole thing to realize what's going on. And but that's also the problem because when you try to I try to write a song it's like I'm trying to get a message out and a lot of times when you write with other people they just want to make a pop song to sound like right. no but where are we going to talk about you know we're drinking whiskey and we're you know we're riding our horses and we're driving our trucks and I'm like well I there's more to life than that right. and there's people out there that need answers mm-hmm. and we need identification and we need an answer and I try to put some kind of antidote into songs you know. And my songs, I think, are going to get a little heavier now and and to the core of life. And, you know, you, I need to do that just for my own satisfaction. And if you're going to put something out there, it better mean something. Right. And that's how I feel about but it. But that was one of the main things, too, with uh, if you fast forward to after we met and we started hanging out and we saw what we had in common, uh, going down to to work with Billy Hume, the the fishing song is while the sun still shines Uh, it's about making good memories on purpose because when you're young you're fearless you know you want to get out there and you want to ride that motorcycle and that dirt bike and you know you want to do everything everybody else is doing so you can fit in with the in crowd or whatever but i went through that but what really means something in life is what you leave behind it's not what you take with you no so if you can teach someone something that's going to save their life or, or if you can bleed onto paper and give it to someone to touch them in a, in a way that will save their life or give them a good memory that will, they can pass down, then that's, that's, what, that's why we're here. There's a bigger purpose for all of us. And it's not just about, oh, this is me and this is my story. It's about how we can be human together and how we can be successful together and how we can function together. That's, that's one of the beauties of having you in my life and one of the problems I encountered. Because I went through a time in life where I had to lose my ego or die, right? Mm-hmm. When, you, when you, you grow up. When you start learning that it, life is not about you or the person, but it's about others, and learning that we're all have this commonality, that we're all in this thing together for real. I mean, I just I spent twenty years just studying stuff on spirituality, and and, we, and then you go and you're involved in an ego-driven business. Yes, yes, you really are. And if you don't sit there and blow your own horn, which I had to not do anymore, it's like. They say, you you have to do it, Walter. You have to. I don't want to. Well, guess what? I, 
April can talk about me. Exactly. You got some. And I can talk about April. Exactly. And now I'm not blowing my own horn, you know, and it's, it's a pretty it was, good combination. April's been an amazing godsend to me. And, Thank um, you, and I took a chance. I jumped out on a road in a town where I knew nobody, absolutely nobody. I was all alone and I found a place I really liked. And I just stood out the window one day and I said, I want to share my life with somebody. And I went looking for somebody. And she was one of the candidates. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it was, and it was, and when I first met him, I was like, no. <laughs> and it's, no it, it, hasn't, it has not been easy. I mean, we're adults. We're not kids. It's it's tell not, them the story about It's not like we can, we can just, um, you know, we have habits. that We have ways of living that are completely. Completely different. Totally different because and, I'm from down here. Well, we we figured that out. And we from or, or different accents. The words mean different things. It's just been a real challenge. I'm sure it has. However, April has this has had the tenacity to keep helping me despite my own self. You know, she yeah, just noticed that keeps pretty, pretty hard going at it. And for me to be able to write in a room with somebody else living in my space. It's really hard I because I always isolated. I wrote out of isolation. Sure. So the beautiful thing is, number one, I moved down south to try to be immersed in the country way of living. Right. I didn't want to just learn DCG and riffs right. and play country music. I had, my heart was longing for this, this way of life. And so to play in a place and imagine just guitars all around, dobro, a banjo, guitar, and what have you, and doing my own thing in one room and just hearing some some picking coming out of the living room and peeking behind the door and watching her just picking and singing so beautifully and just like, wow, and going back in the room and not interrupting. Because you know? she won't do it in front of people. And what's happening is she so... so subtly would suggest you might want to try to play this song ah, and because i wanted to impress her so much i'm like watch this oh yeah i learned it last night babe check it out <laughs> and and then i grew this nice style of of country songs to play on my sets right you know and, and, and the other thing was you know when we met april it was about dating it was not about music i really i knew she played but that, that wasn't my interest because right. she would say maybe we could be Friends. Play friends and play guitar together. Yeah. I go, I don't want that. I'm looking for a girlfriend. Right. And I had to go to Georgia to Billy's, yeah. Hume's house, to record this record. And I said, I got to go to Georgia for the weekend, and I'll be back. She goes, can I come with you? I'll take pictures. I'll stay out of the way, I promise. And she started coming with me, and she took pictures. And you? after a few weekends, I was, you know, Billy was working me. I was right. like, play this riff over and over and over and over and over and over again. Sing this line over. And I had to get up and get some air. And as I'm walking out of the studio, Billy goes, April, get in that room. I want to see what you can do. I couldn't breathe. And she, he had her <laughs> sing the harmonies. But by the time I got home, I'll never forget, I got home. I'm sitting there on my couch in the living room. The phone rings and Billy Hume called. And he's like, I'm calling you because I want to tell you something. He goes... I work with a lot of people, and they bring their own singers, and some of them, they're impossible to mix. Not that they're bad singers. It's just trying to mix the tones. Billy's really about frequencies and tones. Sure. And he goes, April has the, the most perfect voice for your voice. She I does. just I wanted you to know that. And I was like, wow. And then we go to a gig, and she would come and just sit there. And one day she stood up and sang 
every harmony note to every song and got every inflection of my voice perfect. The next gig, there was two microphones set up. <laughs> and we've been singing together ever since. She is just such an amazing harmony singer. Thank so, you. So I had mentioned earlier how my music basically came from pain and loneliness. Wow. And, and that's right. April has a similar story. You know, and she was raised with bluegrass gospel parents. Mom was a picker and daddy was a fiddler and her brother was a great guitar player and very well known. Right. And she was taught to back him up so he could learn how to be the great guitar player. So right. she had to play rhythm guitar and sing harmonies. <laughs> so it's she's been doing education. it her whole life. It's a great education. And if you think about it, when I took off, after, after the guys that paid for um, the Walk With Me record said, you need to do a country record. I took off to South Carolina, ran into a friend who was in the country business, and then I ran into April. And it, it's like, it's through osmosis or being immersed <laughs> in it, where I'm starting to get the flavors, because I used to be able to play with you and I would noodle over you. Right. My way, or just, but I'd probably step all over your vocal line. Right. And now I just so intently listen, I'm like, oh, this is where it goes. This is, you know. Right. Now, the last time I went out and played with all the guys, it was like a whole other animal. And it's, and that's just the way my journey's been. It's, you know, uh, Aaron Lewis sings a song that's, um, they don't just play the songs, they live the songs. Right. And I think that's, that's how I work. And that's just incredible. Live the tunes, be it. I, I'm not guys? a fake, you know, and I don't want to be one. Can I get you guys to do another one? Oh, yeah. Another I'd love song? to play one. Yeah. Pause for the calls. Sure. All right, next song we're going to do is a song called Midnight Here in Carolina. Can I tell the story about sure it? Sure you can. So when I was, uh, I was going to say stationed, <laughs> when I first moved to uh, South Carolina to, you know, get enveloped in the country way of, of writing and everything, there was no work. I was living in Columbia, South Carolina, and it was, just was no work for me to sustain myself as a troubadour. Right. Just wasn't. And yeah, there's um, nothing there. And luck would have it, I, I, I landed a resort gig in Myrtle Beach. So I was there six days a week, and I had one day off to come home and do laundry, and I'd go back and, right. and live at this day. So I would perform from 11 in the morning to 11 at night with a two-hour dinner break every day. And I it was hot. <laughs> I was there for most of the year. I spend most of my time in my room working on sounds. And like I told you before, I would just look for melodies right. and record them. And I had wrote something. Um, let's see. I got to do it one more time because I fluffed it up so much. So. <laughs> love that so I was just developing it and working on it and I had that for a while then I get a call from my friend uh, J. Mark Bailey he was dating a girl in New Jersey and living here in North Carolina and he called me one night and he literally says this on the phone he said Walter it's midnight here in Carolina and I'm spending all my nights alone and we're like yeah that's a song, that's a song. so he came over and we're talking about it and I said hold on I think I got something that goes with that. And I played him. 
So within the next 30 minutes, we had this song pretty much charted out. And then over the next uh, week or two on Google Docs, we just... um, Got it together, and right. then and we both have a version of the song, and I love it, and it's and it just went over really well with everybody everywhere we played. Is and it this the same is the version one that we played at the Carolina Country Music Awards okay. in January. It, the version? Do y'all do the same version? No, his is slightly different. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Um, I like that though. Uh, well, I love it, and Robert Earl Keane has have a sang song that they did together but they don't do it the same way so yeah it's, it's just weird cool. how it went that way i guess you know again coming from different places in the world we speak right. a different kind of a language True. you know and uh but this is how the uh the song goes. And it's funny as i sing it I'm, i can remember writing that line i can remember doing you know and it it's just by habit but um yeah and as we've been playing it live you won't hear this on the recording april developed her own She's been singing with my solos. Yeah. Like scatting. Right, scatting. And it's yeah. kind of cool. I really like it, and it adds a lot to the live performance. So we've been doing it a lot. So she added this to the front of the song, and I like it, so we do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Here it is. Midnight here in Carolina Spending all my nights alone I can't stand to think about her Makes my heart come all undone The nights are black here without her 6 a.m. she'll still be gone I close my eyes and try to find her Heaven knows I just want the refuge of her arms Over right now It's midnight here in Carolina She's hugging on her pillow Way up north in her east coast town I should be right there beside her To kiss her face when the sun goes down But I'm still here in Carolina 6 a.m. and I'll be gone I'm taking off to go and find her I can't wait to hold her in my arms We'll be right now It's midnight here in Carolina In Carolina In Carolina 
It's 6 a.m. and now I'm gone The road is rolling up behind me I can't wait to hold her in my arms So for right now It's goodbye, Caroline Absolutely fabulous. I, um, <laughs> I sang a few wrong words. <laughs> My thumb is hanging out here. You know, I'm numbing the E string so it doesn't play. Why? And then I'm like, <laughs> I heard it. I'm like, I've never done that before. You know, it's funny. I was going to cut this. I was going to stop it there. But that part right there was worth hearing. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm going to just stop it here for a while. <laughs> you get so used to everything being touchscreen these days. It's like, oh, yeah. God. So I guess my first real, I guess, song that could fit into the country vein of music, because I never really fit in to anywhere. Right. One of the problems through my whole career was once I was 29 years old, I, and I knew people, People are like, you're my favorite entertainer. Unfortunately, you're too old. Oh, yeah. And I, I got that my entire life. And I knew people in the industry that were working with people and artists, and they would come to see me perform. And I knew, and they told me who they were. Right. And like, we love you. But again, but you you're too old. We can't. Yeah. Uh, and also, people would say, we don't really know where you fit. Mm. You're not country. You're not right. this. You're not that. And at the time, back then, it was like you had to you, you had to conform and fit into yep. this. You did. So I think my first song that I was able to write that fit into the country genre was "While the Sun Still Shines." And what happened was I was living on a farm, and I had an office with these big, huge windows from floor to ceiling. And out on the farm, it looked down over the the. Um, I call it a pond. You know, it was like a three-acre pond. Right. We go catch largemouth bass. In right. And um, at that time, and I think, I think you had Michael Jackson died, then Prince, Prince died, and then David Bowie died. And I'm like, wow! I used to love all these guys. And it was the day David Bowie died. I sat there and I looked out the window at that pond, and I go, I know. I'm not trying to write David Bowie music, but I'm going to tap into the spirit of David Bowie right now. I'm going to write a song. I'm going to write a song. That, and it was called While the Sun Still Shines. And it starts off, let's go fishing while there's still time. Because in my mind, I was I, I came to this conclusion. I was always, I got to get the bills paid. We got to do this. We got to pay the bills. We got to get, right. and there's no time for anything. Sure. And I thought, you know what? I want to start doing things that I want to do in life. I'm not going to waste any more time because when you wait for the perfect time to do something, that time never comes. It never comes. It never comes. So that song came out of me pretty fast, and it was called While the Sun Still Shines. We made a wonderful video on the lake in Lake Norman. Uh, uh, with ex Actually, a year ago, like today, oh. we made the video, right? Yeah. Was it, or two years ago. It was a year ago today? Yeah, it was a year ago today we made the video. And uh, Billy Hume is amazing. Billy Hume, to work we with. we had him produce the video as well. Right. He came out with his cameras, mm -hmm. and you know Pistol Hill was there, yeah. Jay Mark Bailey, and and we 
uh, local kids came out with all their fishing poles, and Billy brought his two sons. And I don't remember the age; they were very young, but they were amazing. They mm-hmm. kept clipboards and they did the oh, click yeah. thing, like cut yeah. scene. And they're in the video; you can see them in there. And, and uh, I'm proud of it. I was very proud of the three locations. Uh, uh, but mostly on the lake. We did one scene from a boat. April and I are in a boat. And people would come flying by in boats to see what we were doing. Oh, yeah. And rocks the boat and we're like, we've oh, fallen yeah. down. <laughs> but he captured some great sunset scenes, lake scenes. You know, I've, I, we were saying earlier that I've worked with other producers. I always tried to went to somebody to get good recordings. I was never happy with the recordings, 100% happy because I felt like there was something missing. Like, you, we were saying before that when you do a live performance, just us and the guitar, there's an energy that comes out right. in the song. And it often gets lost if you go to the wrong person in a studio and record. It does. Yeah, I agree. Billy Hume brought that out. It was like he took what was inside of me and he literally brought it out exactly. I couldn't have asked for a better person. To Nail on the great. head. He, That's yeah, great. and he's just, because he. One word that suits Billy, right? What's yep. the one word he would say all the time? Vibe. It's all about the vibe. Yeah. And then he knew, <laughs> and he got that. So, so yeah, where where can people see this video? You can see it on YouTube, but. but What's it? Walter Bevo? Finley music. Is it called? Yeah, you know. YouTube. While the sun still shines. Okay. Bevo, Bevo, YouTube, and we're going to start putting a lot more stuff on YouTube at Walter Finley Music, and um, but I'm proud of it, and it's been doing really well this year. And then we have another new song we wrote for the people on the BYOB parties, and it's called "Go Jump in a Lake," and it's a really good song. What happened was with that one, I had written the hook earlier in the year. I was, mm-hmm. go jump in a lake, go climb on a mountain. And that's about all I had. And then I finished it up and we got a call. We were invited to go to Nashville to record a song. And we ended up walking in the studio with Buddy Hyatt, yeah. um, Brent Mason on guitar. Yeah. And, and they literally laid it down and, we, yeah. and I, it came out really good. Yeah, those guys can lay it down and... 30 seconds. I mean, they play it one time and it's done. Oh, yeah. It was I mean, amazing. I, I, yeah, I sent the cell phone recording to them. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, we charted it out and uh, and then we sang it the next day at Buddy's house and um, it came out really good. I'm really proud of that. So that's going to be released on, I believe, November 7th. Now, it's a jump in a lake. It's kind of like a summertime song, you would think, but it also mentions go climb on a mountain, go swing from a tree. Take that road out of town to see where it leaves. In other words, a sense of adventure and outdoors sure. and kind of stuff. So we're, we're working on a video for that. I don't know when we'll have that out, but I'm going to release it in November. There'll be a pre-release uh, next week. So it'll come out on all the mediums and Spotify. <clears throat> I'm hoping to have a video together by March, if I can. And I'm hoping it builds up some momentum. It went really well with all the lake parties. Mm-hmm. And uh, So can I get you guys to do that now? Yeah, and it, and it ties into the COVID situation, the lyrics, because sure. the lyrics... It was a big deal for families to stick together and have that sense of adventure and go do things sure. together. i got to be careful, i got that bracelet on my right hand. There's so much life left in me. Had enough of virtual reality I don't know why we work so much To live in a world where we just can't touch 
it's time to break out and go see Go jump in a lake, climb on a mountain, go swing from the tree Take that road out of town just to see where it leads Head out on a highway, live this life my way See all I want to see and go jump in a lake Life ain't always how it should be Everybody wants a piece of me Don't wanna be the one to fuss Everybody seems to be in a rush Hell, there's anywhere I'd rather be I wanna jump in a lake Climb on a mountain, go swing from a tree Take that road out of town just to see where it leads Head out on a highway, live this life my way See all I wanna see and go jump in a lake na 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 Jump in a lake, climb on a mountain, take that road out of town. That's excellent. Thanks. I left out the Brett, Brent Mason solo. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you need to learn to play it anyway. I don't believe you can learn to play it properly. Uh, uh, that's great. So what else you got coming? What what's the deal for the rest of the year? Well, we're gonna release that. We're gonna right. release around the same time. I guess a couple of weeks later is the baby. We can do this that you heard us do later. Right. We'll release that. Um, we have a writing session Thursday with somebody. Uh, we April has a song that she had written a while ago. Um, that a battered women's shelter wanted her to perform the song. Right. And she expressed to me, she goes, I didn't do it. I was I was too shy. I didn't want to do it. And now she wants to bring it back right. about. I, I didn't have anyone to go with me. Right. So I think for a woman and the way I grew up with backing up my brother right. and, you know, for me, I think to shine on my own, I would have felt better had I had someone to go with me to just be by my side, not necessarily to do anything. You don't feel comfortable on your own, just you and a guitar? If I'm totally alone, yes. Oh, yeah, but in front of people, right? Sometimes, you know, the mood has to strike. But it was a situation to where um, I was invited to sing the song at an event that was to celebrate a woman who had lost her life to domestic violence. And at the time... I didn't think I could get through right. it without crying unless I had an anchor there right. to to center. So you're ready to do that now that you have an anchor? She's yeah. got such a, an array, array, not array, but a, a catalog of songs. And it, that's a problem with a songwriter, and it's an emotional thing. And you completely expose yourself and your feelings to people. And it's like, 
I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where maybe you were hurt or there was an ambulance and everybody comes around the stairs at you. That, that's kind of how you feel when you're <laughs> Sometimes, you're, yeah. you're writing a song and it's 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 hard to let everybody know what you're going through emotionally inside, when, especially with something very hard. But she has a lot of songs, and I don't think maybe she wasn't ready to put them out there, but I think she's becoming ready now. That's good, you know. And um, so I think I'm going to try and produce some songs for her. Yeah. I think personally for me, it, it's about um, being able to help someone overcome fears right. like I've had to overcome right. my own personal fears of sure. things in my life. And it, it, if it's a gift that I'm denying someone or, it, or if something that I have written can actually help someone overcome right. something or be successful or help other people, then that's what I need to do. This will be a fun part. Maybe I'll leave it in. <laughs> you know, the, the other aspect of it is, is uh, doing it and not just dreaming about it, never having that dream fulfilled by never actually trying. Sure. You know, you got to try. You got to try. You have a desire. You, you keep trying. You go for it. And win, lose, or fail, you did it. Oh, exactly. I mean, I think that's a thing that you always have to do rather than say, yeah, I could probably have done that. Well, you find out, you know? A lot of times people think it's not good enough. I'm going to stand up. What if people laugh at me? Who cares? Exactly. You know, I I got to a point in my life, I'm like, I just don't care anymore. I've seen so much. I've been through so much. It just doesn't matter. Well, it's one of those things you lay your heart out and you get this. (laughs) You know, how many times have you killed a song? You're lucky if you get that sometimes. You know it. And they're all over there talking, and you get the... Best thing ever was when I heard Walter say one night, live music here, folks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That never happened to me. I never had that problem. People always erupt in applause when I walk in the room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's strange how... I wrote a song about it. It's called Big Stars in the Sky, and it's on that last record. And it's like people don't realize... You know, you want to be a big star in the sky. You already are. You're a star in somebody's eyes. You know, True. They, oh, they, oh, that's another thing I've learned. No, this is the truth, too, if I've ever told it, which some people say I haven't. But um, <laughs> uh, there, no matter how bad your music is, there's somebody somewhere going, I love this stuff. Man, mm-hmm. I, these guys are great. I love this. And I've seen that so many times. People have, have brought stuff to me. And it's like, I love these people, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's, you know, so it's kind of individual. It'd go out in the cornfield. Find like people it. who like your songs <laughs> and, and hang out with them. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, 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 Birds of a feather. You know, yeah. And, and, you know, I've, as I've learned with records and stuff I've done, you know, locally, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there'll be somebody in, uh, uh, say, Boise, Idaho, thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. You know, wants you to send all their stuff, and it's like, Boise, Idaho, wow. Well, that's what happened to me. I did a show, I think I got to warm up these concerts in Manhattan and Times Square, and I was playing with, uh, warming up for like John Waite. Right, yeah. And I took this song I had written so many years ago, never recorded it. I'm like, I'm going to play it on stage. Yeah. And I played it. It was a personal song about personal growth, and I didn't think anything of it. And it's kind of a hard song to play. 
So at two o'clock in the morning, I'm getting my car out of the garage under Times Square there, and I'm surrounded like people saying, "You know, we saw you tonight; it was great." But, and these two mm-hmm. young men came up and like, "We're from Indiana." Oh, like, that's nice. We love that song you wrote, uh, "Country Kitchen." I'm like, "Really? That's amazing." And I ended up recording it because those two like kids those said they two loved guys it. liked it. That's yeah. pretty cool. I had one that actually got recorded a bunch of times. I wrote it for fun. I was going to throw it away. And a guy I played in a band with, his daughter said, I love that song. You, you should actually record it. And, and, and actually, we wound up doing it. And some people named a band after the song. And so, I mean, you just never, you never know. No, you, you, know, see- you just don't. And it's hard to pick. It's also hard to pick what is, you know, what song's going to be big for you because. Normally, it's not one of the ones that you just love the death of your own. You know, it's like, yeah, God, I love this song. Why won't anybody record it? Oh, I hate that song, and somebody's recording it. You know, so it's... I wrote a song about never feeling like you measured up in society because I play guitar for a living. Right. And I wrote, as a story, like, you meet a girl, and they're like, well, what do you do? I yeah, sent that I, to you this And I'm like, I okay. stomp on pedals, and the oh, father's like, pedals so what do you do? I go, I stomp on pedals. And the whole song is about how I had to struggle in life because I was ashamed of what I did, and now yeah. I finally love what I do, and I'm okay with it. And yet, when I made the song, I was ashamed to show anybody the song. <laughs> and I didn't think anything of it, and I'm like, man, maybe it wasn't good, and nobody ever said anything. And then... Last year, I'm in um, a bar, and, and a young man came up, and he was 22 at the time. It was last year, and he was like, are you ever going to play Stop on pedals? I'm like, what? You know that song? And and then she had some place going nuts one night. Where she had these guys with their cowboy boots right. just stomping. And, you know. It's weird how that works. You don't know. I can't. I can't. Uh, I have a hard time predicting who gets lots of listens on the podcast, um, there's no real rhyme or reason other than some people promote themselves better than others. Um, I've had people that I knew would just blow it out of the park, didn't? And I had some people I would have swore to you no one would have listened to that they had tons of listens. So there's no rhyme or reason sometimes, you know? Um, but uh, all right, what else do you guys need to tell me? I don't know. You want, are you up for another when we, one? When huh? we met each other, we met at a party. No. Oh. And uh, <laughs> we hated each other. <laughs> I don't know if I want why'd to tell you, Why'd you hate him so bad? I was at a party performing, and she kept requesting songs that I did not know, which were I should have known, I guess, if I had, was raised around these parts. And then finally, on the third time, she's like, you know this song? I'm like, no, do you? And she goes... Yes, I do. <laughs> and she got up and played and took over the show. And at the end of the night, the guy's songs. paying me. And before he got to the end of my pay. Oh, she walks over and says, No, no. She, he, she was standing there. And he's paying me. And before he paid me the rest of what he owed me, right. he started paying her. Not the way it happened. And he goes, she earned it. I was like, I don't care. I was, I was contracted to make this much money. Right. You know, and then <laughs> her and her boyfriend would come and see me play every once in a while and no, yeah. No, no. <laughs> no, no. What? That's that's what happened. <laughs> that was but, um, pretty funny, really. <laughs> so I've I don't like had, people taking my paycheck. I've never had that happen to me. I mean, so that's a pretty novel story there. I'm glad you shared that one. That's a good one. Uh, 
Well, I do appreciate y'all coming to do this. Yeah, thank this, you um, for having us. You have a very entertaining uh, story, and uh, I look forward to people being able to see you live as opposed to videos and records, and hopefully that will not be much longer. Oh, uh, your lips to God's ears. Yeah, well, we hope we can get you back, too, for the Big Sound Small Town TV where the two of you guys can perform. We'd so, love to. So it's a pretty fun deal, too. All right, again, I thank both of you so much. So thank good you. Good to meet you. Go, thanks. Good. We, we were talking about the COVID-19 uh, situation and how we did our BYOB Bring Your Own Boat concerts on our dock. And that came about because April and I were stuck in our house going on two months. And I had been working on this melody for so long. I'm like a melody chaser on the guitar. And I just find pretty melodies and then I try to build a song around that. And I had that, this riff that I'm playing. And then we had these friends that were really cool. They would follow us, right? And, and uh, this guy in particular followed us on January 25th to Myrtle Beach for the Carolina Country Music Awards. We were asked to sing on it. Mm -hmm. And they stayed, people stayed seven hours to watch us sing one wow. song. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we just struck up this great friendship. So in the midst of this, um, we were just spending a lot of time at home, and I was just—I would collect melodies, collect ideas, and we just keeping the house clean, just biding our time, basically. There was no no shows to do, and so completely out of work. And this one gentleman called out of nowhere, and he goes, "We were hanging around talking about you," and I'm on the phone. He's telling me this, and he goes, "And we all thought that you should write a song about what's going on right now," and I hung up the phone. And I had started recording it already on my uh, my computer in the, in the office. And I put it on. I walked out to April and I went, Baby, we can do this, do this. We're gonna get through this, through this. Baby, we can do this. And I'm walking away. And when I spun around to look at her, she was weeping from the music and me singing it because just the emotion came out. And we and pretty much put the song together right then and there. And... Um, I love the song. I think it's great. Um, I never really produced fully my own music. I go to other producers, as we were talking about yeah. earlier. And I had sent it to Billy Hume, who had just produced the uh, last record of While the Sun Still Shines. And he shot back, uh, congratulations. You did a great job on this. This is better than other producers send me all the time. He goes, this is really... And um, he added a little... Um, I wanted dobro. I didn't know how to play the dobro. I didn't know any dobro players. So Billy actually added, tried to emulate it on his guitar, a little dobro intro, which was the... And he went... Dur, 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 dur. And um, that was it. And then uh, I sent it to uh, J. Mark Bailey over there. Uh, he... Um, he mastered it for us, and we finished the song, and it was great. So now that started my whole journey on, now I'm home producing songs. I just finished a song for the Dove House mm -hmm. Charities, which is going to be on October 17th this weekend. Michael Israel is going to paint to a song I produced oh, really cool. for Jack Grossman, who wrote this song, While Angels wow. Cry. And I can't wait to see that. That's really cool. 
And now we're getting ready to, you know, just, we have a bunch of songs we can't wait to start recording. Bring out. Anyway, this is the song we wrote that started off that BYOB uh, concert. And then hopefully you'll give me a chance. I'm going to play a song I actually wrote for the people that were coming out to the Bring Your Own Boat Parties. Because we played every Wednesday from 6 to 8. Mm-hmm and started getting to a point where we had 38, 48, 58 boats in front of us. Uh, tell, tell the listeners where this is at. This was on Lake Norman. In, uh, in, uh, Denver, North Denver, Carolina, Lake Norman, yeah. Sunset Cove. And it, was, it was just overwhelming. One day we're playing, because it's just two of us, <laughs> and I'm singing, and I'm always concentrating on getting my melody right, strumming right, trying to get my volumes right, and, and April's you know, uh, performer, because she's an amazing performer, and singing. And I just happen to look out, I'm just looking around across the lake, and you can't see, it's just boats, four boats tied up, three boats tied up, and and I'm looking at her, I'm like, what? <laughs> How did this happen? How did this happen? And just from playing every, it was amazing, and the people were so wonderful, they'd come up and say, please don't stop, you're giving us something to do, there's nothing to do anymore, and we it, had helicopters swing we by. We had the helicopter would come by every Wednesday. <laughs> the margarita boat came. I saw you on WBT one night. Uh, uh, they flew over and you guys were playing. On what? On WBT, Channel probably 3. I, don't Channel know. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about it yeah. either. I'd love to see that. Yeah. It was, um, I think it was on the weather note. It was just one of those things that, you know, you see what's going on on Lake Norman here tonight, you know, and there you guys were. Oh That's my awesome. God, I had no idea. I need to, we need to, but, we but, didn't you know. know. You know, it's just one of those things that, that happens, but um, uh, you guys were playing the coolest gig of the COVID time. Thank you so much. You know, yeah. right? uh, and you did a good job of, of sharing it too, so, you know, congratulations with that. Oh, God, thank you. We prayed and prayed that we could, you know, help folks and make a difference somehow. I couldn't have done this with without April. I mean, and that's in the song, getting through this, because a long time ago I had a meeting with a very influential pe- person up in New York. And and he's like, you know, do you want money? You want me to give you money? I mean, I've helped musicians. I go, no, I don't want you money. He goes, well, what do you want? I go, I want to know the secret. <laughs> and, and you know what the guy told me? Uh-huh. He said, if you have two people, you have a team, you and you can do things. You and he goes, and if you have three people, you have an empire, and nobody can beat you. And so here's my team. This is us. Okay. Yeah. So are we looking for a third person for the empire? <laughs> yeah, you, we're, we're, we're interviewing you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this song is, you know, April has a way of, um, now you have to remember, I'm just such a, I don't know how to call me. Like You're a, a New Yorker. No, but I'm like a, a gypsy, kind of a solo entity all on myself, and that's the way I like to be. Troubadour, maybe? Yeah, for, for the real. And um, and to have April always look at me and go, we're going to get through this, you know that. Yeah, we're going to get through this. That's what she kept saying every time I would, she'd see me moping around or, you know, pacing around the house. And that's how the song came about, so you'll hear it, so... Um, I'm not used to sing down. Let's see how well this goes. And... These times are riddled with 
time so hard Everyone's been shaking Afraid to leave their yards And I have to tell you That I feel it too I don't know where I'd be without you And I know we're all in this thing together Some holding on for dear life But baby we can do this, do this We're gonna get through this, through this Baby we can do this It's gonna be alright Feels like forever Life's been upside down Praying for some sunny weather Turn this ship around When I get to feeling I'm gonna lose my mind When I realize how everybody's stuck inside Then you whisper, babe, it's gonna be alright Baby, we can do this, do this We're gonna get through this, through this Baby, we can do this, it's gonna be alright Baby, we can do this, do this We're gonna get through this, through this Baby, we can do this, you and I It's gonna take a lot of faith And a whole lot of love Let's show this world just what we're made of Baby, we can do this, do this We're gonna get through this, through this Baby, we can do this It's gonna be alright Baby, we can do this, do this We're gonna get through this, through this Baby, we can do this that's just excellent. Uh, Thank you. You guys do sing very well together. Thank you. Um, it's a pretty good match. You know. um, we're going to take a short break here.